Before we begin this week, everyone here would like to send our deepest condolences to Ben Tozer on the sudden passing of his father. We were saddened to hear the news, and we're all thinking of you, Ben. <laughs> oh, chips, don't let the salad win. That's the message uh, in terms of uh, the food, maybe, that uh, we consume in Wales compared to the Italians. Is the Italians who will this is the Eat More Chips podcast. Grab your bag of chips, salt, vinegar, perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie, a bit of sauce cork on the side, and let's go! Hello, and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast for one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh football supporters universe. In a week when Burger King has introduced a new offering on its menu in Thailand, a meatless burger packed with 20 slices of American cheese, we ask the question, which of our two food fanatics would break the speed limit and risk prosecution to get it before Burger King closes? Daz or Jamie? Daz, it's not you. It's not me. Definitely not me. Definitely you. How are we doing, guys? You all right? Yeah, you are right? Yeah. Come on. I'm, Ten I'm episodes. <laughs> Ten episodes we got before you mentioned it. Ten episodes. Listen, we've had the, the, this is all news, all material. It doesn't know. Yes. But it's still funny. Yes. It's still yes. funny. It still made me smile. Absolutely. Yeah. Go on, tell a story for the dear listener. <laughs> I once upon a time got a speeding ticket for trying to get to uh, said burger restaurant before it closed, <laughs> only to find out that it was actually open an hour later than I thought. <laughs> so that turned out to be a £66 burger. Thanks very much. Not in weight, unfortunately for you, but in, but in cost. Yeah. And can I, just, can, can I just say as well that that burger thing you've just mentioned, that this all-cheese cheeseburger, yes. Yes. is absolutely bloody ridiculous. Yeah, totally. Who's buying that? I don't know. That. People in Thailand, by the by, if you read the news reports. But yeah, to be fair, there has been a fair bit on online of people saying, "What is the point?" I mean, that's going to stop your arteries if anything's going to. Let's and be why honest. Thailand? What's Thailand's particular appeal about cheese cheese blocks? Don't know. I haven't got a clue. Anyway, Daz, first qualifying round of the Welsh Cup draw this week. Some exciting news from your neck of the woods: Pen Parkey versus Preston St Andrews. The Arkies, the Minnathal ground, will be bouncing on July the 29th, won't it? I'm sure it will be. <laughs> bouncing, yes. <laughs> do you God, have it's, any... a long, it's, it's a long time since I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I say, do you have any nice memories of the Minnathal? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Minnathal, down all the, we used, I used to hang out as a, as a, as a youth and uh, used to sort of like, you know, that area, hang out with some mates and stuff, and uh, but uh, down by the river and things like that. But... Uh, yeah, not necessarily uh, at the ground, uh, but uh, a lot has changed since I was a youth. That, that's all been redeveloped, so uh, I'd like to think it's a better class of place now. Jamie, Northwest draw is pretty good too. Brickfield Rangers versus Saltney Town should be good. My old school Castellan Colts are away to Greenfield, but the top tie is the grudge match that is Penakai versus Rustatlin. Now, how many red cards are we expecting in that one? You do realise that everyone listening to this has not got a bloody clue what we're talking about. <laughs> If you um, live in Wrexham, yeah. you do. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. If you live in Wrexham, you do. Um, yeah, I, I, I expect that to be a, a full-blooded affair, shall we say. <laughs> After what seems an eternity, Wrexham finally kick off their pre-season tour of the States next week in front of a sellout 51,000 fans at the Kennan Memorial Stadium in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Versus 
a little-known London club called Chelsea FC. Chelsea were formed in 1905. The Blues, or the Pensioners, depending on how old you are, are an established Premier League club, but are going through a little bit of a rebuilding phase at the moment. In their history, the club has won, wait for this, two Champions League titles, six Major League titles, eight FA Cups, five League Cups, two Europa Leagues, two UEFA Cup Winners' Cups, one FIFA World Club World Cup, two UEFA Super Cups, and four Charity Shields. I know that's not like Liverpool does, but that's still pretty impressive. Is that all? <laughs> yeah. Chelsea finished a disappointing 12th in the Premiership last year with three managers during the season, two of them interim, before ex-Tottenham manager Maurizio Pochettino was appointed on July the 1st. Daz, Chelsea are not the force that they were a few seasons ago, are they? Oh, you can never tell. You can never tell. I mean, what version of Chelsea is going to turn up, you never can tell. Any given season, they, you know, I, I think it was shocking that they were as bad as they were last year. I mean, with the with the talent available they should absolutely have done so much better. Uh, but uh, ownership issues, you know, being sold uh, rather quickly because your owner's a Russian, you know, all of these things, um, it can't be helped. So to say that they're not the force, I don't know. You, if, if Chelsea put out their first team and a decent manager had a chance to sort of prepare them, um, they should wipe the floor with most teams. So... Uh, but as you are hinting, you know, you never know that could Wrexham, could they, could they perform, you know, beyond their capabilities, step up? Uh, it, it depends which team they put out as well. Is it a charity? You know, it's not, not charity. Is it a, a, a second string? Is it, you know, developing you know, youngsters? Is it um, tr- trying out new tactics? Is it, it, it there's, there's a whole range of how they're used. Will they substitute all 11 players at halftime? Because um, they can. Um, so, I, yeah, who knows? Who knows who they'll put out in front of you? Well, Wrexham haven't played a fully competitive match since the 29th of April, which ended in a one-all draw versus Torquay. Apart from an in-house game and a game on Saturday versus Ballatown behind closed doors, Wrexham have hardly kicked the ball in anger and will have a tough start in different temperature and humidity conditions than they are used to against a very, very professional Premiership side. Jamie, is this a good start for Wrexham to come up against such a big team as Chelsea on their first run out? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a bit surreal, isn't it? Um, I think for, for a lot of the players. I mean, you said it in the, in the intro, 51,000 tickets sold. I mean... Oh, uh, you know that's going to be intimidating for 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 most of, if not all, of the Wrexham squad because they they you know even even though we've got players who've played at you know championship level and stuff, that's going to be quite new to them, I would imagine. Um, I mean, the whole thing is quite intriguing, isn't it? To see, you know, to see what kind of um, you, you know what what kind of uh, um, uh, reception Wrexham are going to get. I mean, you've got to remember that that. You know, Chelsea are a massive Premier League club, so you would expect the bulk of those fifty-one thousand to be there for Chelsea more than Wrexham. But as we've seen, and as we, you know, as we know, that the popularity of Wrexham in the states, in particular, is 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 gone, you know, uh, to, to to crazy levels. Um, I, I just, it, it, it's a it's a it's a great it's a great spectacle. It should be a great spectacle, isn't it? It should be a great challenge. Um, I just hope that 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 the tour. Uh, I just hope that, that the team get out of the tour 
what they need to pre- to prepare for the season and it doesn't become a bit of a circus. Uh, there is going to be an element of, you know, com- commercial elements to why they're going over there, understandably. But, um, you know, we've got to remember this is this is it. This is our pre-season. These four games is our pre-season because there's nothing else. Um, and then, you know, three or, was it three or four days after the, the, the last game is is first game of the season. So they, they need to prepare properly. Well, Wrexham have made no additions to the squad so far, although Phil Parkinson has mentioned talking to a couple of players out of contract and they are waiting for answers on whether these players are interested. Although at the time of this recording, there are strong indications that Will Boyle may have signed on for this season. He's a 28-year-old centre-back from Huddersfield Town who played alongside Ben Tozer when they were both at Cheltenham Town. Jamie, we expect the full squad to go. They're all fit. Uh, and Now, looking at Owen, Owen O'Connell's, the fact that he's not wearing a boot in training today. Um, do you reckon they'll take some trialists too? And, and if, obviously, if Will has signed for us, obviously he'll be going out as well. So we'll get to see him for the first time. Yeah, ooh, I'm surprised you've named him because, like you say, as we uh, as we record this, it's just pure speculation. The, the club have just posted a picture of a, of a black leather chair, so uh, maybe we sign the chair. We don't normally do it. I, we normally stay well away from all that kind of stuff, but there is such strong indications. Listen, when this goes out tomorrow and we sign Kylian Mbappe, you're going to look really stupid. No, because I'll just cut it. I'll just cut this bit out and nobody will ever know. Or or it's just a practice for the specialist round for Mastermind. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, it, to, to be fair, it's not that kind of chair. It's more of a kind of uh, a, a sort of Dunham Mill chair. It's not, it's not a posture. But do you think Do you think we'll, we'll see some trialists out there? I mean, obviously, normally trialists don't get named, do they? They're kind of, they're just trialist A or trialist B. There's been talk, isn't there, a couple of goalkeepers uh, that have been training with the squad on trial because I think, Parky's said that he wants to add a fourth, uh, you know, a younger fourth keeper to the mix. So that makes sense. Beyond that, we've not really heard anything, have we? Um, I mean, if if this signing comes off, um, uh, what's his name? Boyle. What's his Will, name? Will Boyle. Will. 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 Will Boyle. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know a great deal about him, but I mean, coming from Huddersfield and looking at his credentials, it's 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 the kind of signing you would think you know you would expect us to be looking at now above to come down, which is great. Uh, I am really surprised, you know, that 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 he that we're bringing in a centre back. To be honest with you, because I would have thought, in in the few positions we possibly would have looked to strengthen, I I wouldn't have thought centre back was one of them. But you know, obviously Parky knows what he's doing, and in Parky we trust. Um, you know, look if if he comes in, I'm sure they've done their their, their due diligence on him, and and it, he'll be a quality addition. And and if he if he goes out with with the squad, then then happy days. I mean, you, you know, you you. you You'd want him involved, wouldn't you? Because if he's, you know, you'd want a new sign-in uh, included in this tour. Because, like I said, this is going to be our pre-season. Well, Wrexham will fly out to the states early next week to acclimatise before an open training session on Tuesday the 18th at the Wakemed Soccer Park in Kerry, and then the opening match of the tour kicking off on Thursday the 20th of July at 1 a.m. BST, and this will be the start of four matches in an eight-day period. Daz, let's look at Chelsea first. So this will be their first game in their five-match US tour, where they also play Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham and Borussia Dortmund. Now, with those four other opponents, how seriously will Chelsea honestly take a game against lowly Wrexham of League Two? Uh, I mean, if when you watch... A- a lot of the teams, how seriously do they take any of the of the games on a tour, tour like this? You know, they it. 
I, I'm always suspicious of, of, of what they're for. I, I like the fact that it's an opportunity for fans across, you know, all global fans of any team to be able to see their 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 heroes, their their team up close and personal. It's always a great opportunity. Um, but I can't be sure that any club genuinely takes any stock of, of how important it is, uh, whether or not it matters to win the, these games. However, if you're playing against, uh, your, your words, was it lowly? team for you lowly know, lowly little league two club Wrexham. they're not going to want to lose that game let's put it that way i do think that the there'll be enough uh impetus and 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 uh need to win this game because they're the embarrassment of regardless of how seriously they take it or how important or not important the game is they will not want to lose a game against Wrexham. they you know if it's a if it's a uh, you know, you're on a Far East tour, you're playing against a national team or something, then, you know, you can you can afford to lose. If it's against one of your local rivals, like if they were to lose against a Man U or Liverpool or, or Man City, yes, it's it's seen as a big grudge match, but they, they it, it's no embarrassment to lose it. They will not want to lose. So I do think that, you know, they'll put the effort in. But like I said before, a team this stacked with quality shouldn't need to put that much effort in to beat a team like Wrexham because clearly there should be three divisions of golf between you and now whether or not that becomes the truth uh, on the day who knows but that's what should happen I mean are you expecting Podge to roll out the big guns like Thiago Silva or Bamyang, Raheem Sterling or Lukaku or do you think it will be all fringe players and under 21s no he'll play some he'll play a lot I know I think he'll play some because as much I think with a new manager that's where he needs to see them in competition. You can watch as much footage as you as you want, but he's going to want to see the, his team perform and play and genuinely see what has he got to work with. Um, I know there'll be some, you know, they're in training and they've, they'll be out there acclimatising themselves. And, you know, but until you start playing them against some competitive games, you don't actually know what you've got in front of you. And um, so, no, I think he'll, um, he'll want to play some of his, some of his uh, first team uh, at various points, even if it's only for half half a game. I reckon of the four games we're playing, I reckon Chelsea will be the one that that we'll see will see more players that we know than in the other three games. I think that certainly, I mean, the the two American teams, it's it's, it's like the second strings, isn't it? So I believe it's like they're, they're almost like their youth and development players, which we won't really know much about over here anyway. Um, but I think even you know Man United, I think. Will be the vast majority will be youth and and fringe players. I think the Chelsea one, you you, you will possibly see some of the sort of names we'll recognise. Well, the good news is I don't have to cut that bit out. The club have literally just released live that Will Boyle has signed for Wrexham AFC uh, this season. Uh, it's literally just broken from Huddersfield Town. And excuse me while I read it through, uh, he signed a three-year deal. So uh, he's twenty-seven. So that will take him to thirty. Um, obviously, you know, they, they obviously rate him as a centre back. And like you say, Jamie, it's quite a surprise. Uh, I'll, I will give you a, I'll give you a second, Jamie, to, to read up on it. And I'll ask your opinion in a second. Um, Daz, this, will this genuinely be a valuable game for both sides or is this just a bit of a show for the crowd? No, I, th- I, th- I think, uh, and always playing, they always say, isn't it, that a competitive game, whether it's, you know, it, there's more value in it. It's, there's always value in it than just a training session. You know, there's no, 
uh, purpose in training sessions that were in in the in in the sense that they they don't commit to you know that competitive edge yes i'm sure they when they do rondos they don't want to be the guy in the middle when they when they're doing a, a defense against attack they they don't want to concede the goals they they absolutely want to score i understand there'll always be competition but it's not the same as when you're in front of a crowd when there's you know somebody yelling at you to 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 do your thing it's you you will up your game so i do think there's value in it um and and but but there's there's always going to be a part of this game which is about brand, um, and and I think there is a value in that brand being seen across the world. So there's going to be a lot of benefits to it. Uh, but for your team development and for progression and stuff, um, a bit of competition, a competitive game is always going to be valuable. Whether or not uh, Paki chooses the team that gives him that information. Whether or not he plays against a formation or a team structure or a, or a tactic that Chelsea and other teams mean that he learns something about the quality of his players and what they're capable of doing. Um, you never know until the day. But yeah, there's always value. Right, Jamie, I know this is really mean because it's su- such hot news. But first reactions on uh, the uh, signing of Will Boyle from Huddersfield Town? Uh, he's got massive biceps. Um, He's a bit of a Wayne Phillips lookalike, isn't he? <laughs> I, want, I I honestly wondered what you were going to say. Uh, I honestly wonder what he's going to say. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a rugged looking fella, isn't he? Um, like to be fair, like I said before, um, I mean ultimately, the we you know trust. The, the the process trust Phil Parkinson anyone else who's been involved in bringing him to the club trust that they're bringing him in for the right reasons and the he'll be a solid addition. I, I have to be honest, like I say, I, I am surprised by it for because I I, I just didn't think uh, a left sided centre back was we particularly needed to worry about uh, or a centre back full stop. But like I said, it, it, you know he, he's twenty seven, so he's at a good age. He's got lots of experience at, at a higher level. He should be a quality addition to the to, to the squad. Um, it's just interesting because you can't see that he's going to have come in to sit on the bench. So that beggars in a whole other question, doesn't it? I mean, he's got Huddersfield Town, Kitty Mr. Harriers, Macclesfield Town, York City, Kilmarnock, Cheltenham Town, and then back to Huddersfield again, uh, which he signed a two-year deal, but he's he's got less than twelve months left on his deal. I mean, he the big thing for me, I think, looking at this, and it's I would say it's very live, and this is not scripted. So that's why suddenly I seem all alive and like I actually know that I'm actually excited about something. Um, mm-hmm. He played alongside Ben Toza when they were both at Cheltenham. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously yeah. they got promotion that season and he was in the 2020-2021 EFL League 2 team of the season. So he must be a fairly, you know, he must be a fairly sharp, uh, sharp cookie, eh? Well, I mean, you know, he was listed amongst other players like Paul Mullin. So, I mean, that doesn't say anything, does it, really? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That was quite a team of the season. Let's put it, let's put it that way. Yeah, we've got three of them now. Homework time for you, Jamie. Uh, for the Chelsea game, who would be your starting eleven? Now, don't put Will in there because you didn't know anything about Will when I asked you last night to do it. So, who would be your starting eleven versus Chelsea? Before I answer this, this is the stupidest question I have ever been asked. 
like really, really stupid. I bet your Parky doesn't even know where his frigging team's going to be next week. And you're asking me? Of course he does. He he knows exactly who he wants to put out. No, he wants to he, he, he want to put out a starting. Ele- all right, all right. Let me rephrase the question. Give me a, give us our strongest eleven right now. No, no. I'll answer your stupid question because I prepared for it. So that's fine. Let's let's go with your stupid question. So this this will be this is what I think will be our starting uh, eleven against Chelsea on when is it Thursday morning. Um, so, so I, as I said before, I think Chelsea is going to be our biggest um, challenge because I think we're going to come up against the best quality of player out while we're out there. Uh, I also think with it being the first game and the first game of the tour, they'll 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 be a bit of a clamber to see the big our big names. Um, so, so with that in mind, I think it will be uh, very close to to. You know what you would consider to be our our, our first eleven in the league. So I'm going to say, uh, even though he's only had a few days training, I reckon Foster will start in goal. I reckon Parky will obviously stick to his uh, his three five two. So I think your centre backs be Tozu in the middle. Uh, I think you'll have Hayden on the right, and I think he'll start with Tunnicliffe on the left. Although quite possibly now um, Boyle might might start, but I'm going to stick with Tunnicliffe because that's what I've said. Left wing back will be Mendy. Right wing back will be um, Ryan Barnett. I think in midfield, you'll have Tom O'Connor, Andy Cannon, Elliot Lee, and then you'll have Moles and Palmer up front. And this is what make this is what makes the Boyle signing quite even more sort of head-scratching, really. Because if you think about... I mean, what this would say to me is that, that this... That, that, Surely now this will mean that Max probably Max Clearworth will probably go out on loan to get some experience. Um, but if you've got everyone fit and you play a three at the back, and and, and I appreciate you've got our flexibility to change your formation, but as we saw last season, even even when our backs are against the wall, Parky doesn't often look to change his formation, so he he, he prefers that three at the three centre backs. Well, working on the basis that everyone's fit, you know, Toes is always going to be in the centre. Uh, because you know he he is he is he's the staple, and then you know you've got to pick then two from Tunnicliffe, Boyle, O'Connell, and Hayden. Well, Jesus, that's that's uh, yeah, that's going to be tough picking picking there. Definitely, definitely. Well, I know Jamie, we've discussed it before, but it is a very tight schedule with lots of travelling, and only a few weeks before the start of the season. Is is this a danger? You know, stretching the players so close to the season, chance of injuries, tiredness. I mean, is is it gonna is it gonna get to where's the balancing point of the worth of this tour over the risks of harm? I'm not too concerned about the tour. You know, bizarrely, the, the our, our massive squad, and we have got a massive squad. Bizarrely, I'm not overly concerned for the tour perspective because I think it's it's great because he'll utilize the full squad it'll allow him to give everybody minutes and and get fitness um it'll allow him to try try some things out I'm sure um but but I'm thinking more you know four weeks time and, and you know we're not a million miles away from it you know he's gonna have to in four weeks time he's gonna have to pick a side and to to to, to go out for our first league game you know uh, a team of 11 substitutes which obviously we've got more now being in, in the football league um and i you know at the end of the day we've got another game three days after that first game so the games do come thick and thick and fast we're going to need a deep squad but obviously you, you can't have players of the caliber that we've got and expect them 
to be happy sitting on the bench or not even being on the bench. He's going to have a right juggling act trying to keep all these guys happy if there isn't any fitness issues. Well, Daz, not that it really matters, but what do you think the score is going to be? <laughs> what do I think? <laughs> Uh, I, and that's, here we've that's... got well, well, Welsh techie, the asker of stupid questions. <laughs> hey, that's, if that's if everybody has a job on this planet, that's mine. Well, uh, okay, hang on, just getting my dartboard and a set of dice and a pack of cards, and I'm going to randomly choose. This. I, I've got a clue. I've got a clue. Uh, so, if you want my Mystic Meg moments, right? I'm just going to right. So I can see the full running order here now. So Wrexham versus Chelsea. Uh, 3-0 Chelsea. What? We're not going to uh, score at all? What? Not against Chelsea. Not against Chelsea, no. Whoa. Yeah, look, uh, this is me being random. I'm not even looking at the lineups here because I haven't got a clue, guys. Look, genuinely, the, the, uh, it's a lottery. It's a lottery. Uh, I'm going to go for Wrexham versus LA Galaxy 2 as a 2-2. Wrexham um, versus Man U. That's going to be 2-0 Man U. And uh, Philadelphia, it's going to be 5 1 Wrexham. <laughs> okay, sublime to the ridiculous. Well, Jamie, you know, do you think Wrexham will make an early statement or is defeat a foregone conclusion? Can I just say to Daz on behalf of all Wrexham fans, boo <laughs> to you. Yeah. I told you it was uh, random. I literally could have plucked that out of any, any source of numbers uh, out of us. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, do I think we can beat Chelsea? It, it doesn't. It, ultimately, it doesn't matter, does it? Because you're going to be talking about so much chopping and changing from both teams. It, 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 yeah. it's, the score is kind of irrelevant. You know, it, exactly. it's, it's, it's not. That's, it's, that's it's not, why it's I not said it, not that it really matters. It's not. It's not what it's about. For, for me, the one thing that I would say is is relevant because it's relevant in pre-season and it's relevant in league games, cup games, and every game we play. With the current squad we've got, the current mentality we've got, and the current way we play, I honestly would back us to score against anybody. So the one thing I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily disagree that that that, that Chelsea won't beat us because I, I fully expect them to beat us because at the end of the day they are whatever team they put out, they're a Premier League team, they should be beating us. But I do fully expect I'd be very surprised if we don't score against them. Well, as we said, it's a very early morning Thursday kickoff. And it can be viewed free on the Chelsea website and the Chelsea Fifth Stand app. And if you're in the US, you can watch it on ESPN2. And we'll, of course, be reviewing the game next week, whether it be 5-1 to Wrexham or 17-0 to Chelsea, depending on whether you speak to Daz or Jamie. Now on the Eat More Chips pod, it's time for today's newspaper, tomorrow's chip paper, where we look at the news this week around Wales and Wrexham AFC football. First up, Wales women played on Sunday against the number one ranked side in the world, USA, in front of a sellout 16,000 crowd. A strong starting 11, with only Jess Fishlock being the most notable last-minute absentee due to getting a hamstring injury while playing for a domestic club, OL Reign, the night before. Although the stats bear out a heavily one-sided game, USA having 22 shots on goal, while Wales only had two, and neither of them were on target, the reality was a sterling display from the team ranked 29 places lower than USA. Wales were organised at the back and frustrated the US for much of the game, eventually getting breached in the 76th and 87th minute to lose 2-0. 
Wales played with organisation and purpose, giving a good account of themselves and are very much a positive for moving into the Nations League later this year. Daz, what was your general assessment of the game? I think uh, it was as expected in the sense that they were well organised, they were well structured, uh, very say, very disciplined performance. Um, yeah, losing uh, Jess Fishlock, having already lost uh, a couple of key players already, uh, to lose your then uh, talismatic sort of person. Uh, player of of note to the american audience as well but um I, I i think obviously there had to be a bit of restructuring around very I'd say virtually last minute because whether or not she was due to play the next uh, the next day because obviously playing two games in 45 hours is is tough going um but uh yeah no i think they were really good and you know some some really strong performances i thought you know um, Haley Ladd had a great game, you know, stifled out a lot of the, the threat from the US. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, the stats, you're right, do seem to sort of imply um, under the caution, absolutely sort of diff- backs against the wall. But I, I thought it was far more disciplined than that. I think there were a couple of chances um, that, that didn't reflect in a shot on goal or anything like that. But there was a couple of good attacking, you know, threatening moves. And it's just a shame that we couldn't, you know... Um, uh, you know, get something from that. But let's let's let's, let's get this into context. World reigning champions, uh, number one seeds, two uh, nil, and that was only you know we, we played seventy odd minutes before the first goal. I think you know that just shows a huge, huge. Um, I think that's a you know a marker down by the Welsh team for all their future games. Well, you weren't far off with your starting eleven from last week. Lily Woodham came into defence instead of Esther Morgan, and Wales mm-hmm. played a four-two-three-one. Obviously, Jess being forced out made made Wales have to play a bit of a switch. So your pick of Josie Green was spot on up front. Hughes did come on eventually in midfield. Who does for you stood out? I mean, you've obviously mentioned Haley Ladd. Would you say she was a, a kind of star player? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I thought uh, Kerry Holland and Hannah Kane, uh, I, I think they're, they're really class players anyway, but uh, I thought they did well. But I think just just showing their experience at the back, you know, the likes of uh, Rhiannon Roberts and, and, and Hayley Ladd, um, they, I think, you know, a certain amount of the threats came through and the, that through ball would come in, but it was being marshaled away, um, some solid tackling. Uh, I'd like to, I, I, I would like to sound out uh, Olivia Clark in goal. I thought we had a great, you know, commanded the, the aerial threat really well. Um, any sort of, sort of, you know, there was a lot of shots on goal, but a lot of them were straight at goal and she managed that completely. Yes, there was a moment and goal line clearances and stuff like that, but I I thought she did really well, and we talked about her coming, you know, staying in that position rather than uh, Sullivan taking, you know, showing all her years of experience. Um, I actually thought that was a, you know, a, a really, really good commanding performance by her at the back as well. Jamie, USA rotated the bench, making six substitutions, and the scorer of the goals, Trinity Rodman, who is the daughter of basketball player Dennis Rodman, came on at half time, showing that the US needed to do something to break the deadlock. Wales gave a gutsy performance, and some on social media said that the men's side should have showed that kind of guts and determination in their games. Do you agree? Well, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really watch the game, to be honest with you. So um, I can't really ca- offer too much of a comment. Um, unfortunately, I, I was uh, pre, pre, uh, pre-engaged. pre um, I caught some highlights. So I, I have sort of done a little bit of homework, so don't tell me off. 
Um, to be to be fair, um, to, 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 to be to be fair, I mean, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what are you laughing at? Carry on. Carry on what? talking about something you didn't even watch. <laughs> so, so, so listen. <laughs> So you'd rather me? So you'd rather me just try and bullshit my way through it? You usually do. Don't say that. No, you should have asked. I blame you. You're the you're the producer of this podcast. You, you, you should have checked. You should have checked that your colleagues watch the game before asking a question about it. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I, it's my the, the, fault. Yes, it's, it's your fault. fault. <laughs> right. So I'm being honest. I yes. didn't watch the game because right. unfortunately I was pre-engaged yes but i have caught up with some highlights and the highlights that i saw very much backed up what daz says it was you know very much a backs against the wall but but i thought you know wales put on a very um you know resolute display to answer your question about whether the men could take something from the the women's um uh, kind of mentality uh, I, I i think it's a bit harsh because that, that's almost like suggesting that that that, that the, the men's players you know haven't given everything that they can you know they've, they've had a bad spell I think it's a bit harsh to, to be overly critical about their their temperament and their attitude. What I would say about the USA's two goals is, or the two notable things, my, my pearls of wisdom from it, their first goal was a perfect replica of the goals I score on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> Down the wing, across the box, tap in. Uh, and the second thing is, their second goal absolutely was a foul on the Welsh defender on the edge of the box. So that shouldn't have stood. So it should have been one now. I think I think that foul. Uh, I I watched it immediately and thought that was a foul. And then uh, the replay was a little bit softer than I first gave it the credit for. So you can see why the refs uh, not given it or given it. You know whatever. You know it's you can see what the, both sides of that argument. To be fair, the the Mexican referee did let a, a large number of things go. It was a very much a a friendly. Uh, atmosphere with regards to officiating. To be fair, the Rodman's goal was a hell of a finish, though. Oh, regardless of the, the, whether it was or wasn't a free kick. She, she, she used the defender to sort of like, you know, use it as a, a, a use the defender as a marker and, you know, manage to, yeah. you know, shield the goal from the goalkeeper's sight as well for a good, a good portion of it. So, class finish. But I think that you know the Welsh players, you know, can hold their heads up high. I think they've they've certainly gone and and done you know done themselves proud, and that's all you can ask. Well, Daz, where does this now take Wales uh, going into those Nations League matches later this year? Oh, uh, huge confidence boost because as much as losing is 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 you know traditionally demoralising, you don't want to lose, but there is no shame in losing to a team that you're expected to lose to because they're the world number one. So, you know, they were expected to uh, find it difficult because this was in uh, US's home patch. You know, they just witnessed, you know, an opening ceremony type thing that the Americans like to do. You know, the anthems, there was hardly anybody there for Wales. And, 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 and also they had a flyby, you know, a fly past of fighter pilots. Mm. You know, as the American uh, national anthem was being played, they had three female fighter pilots flying over the top. So that environment was was just a cauldron and so i think if you can uh match the world's number one team um pretty much holding them at adam's distance yes i appreciate that there was only the odd occasion where they were breaking through but they did look you know they showed their promise but if you feel if you can do that in the in the in, the, in their home 
uh, a home game, you know, against the, the the number one team at home, then I just think you have to take the confidence from that into the next game going, you can match anybody. You know, you you ha- you must feel that on your day. And now I appreciate there was injuries and there was a lot of experience brought in to cover those injuries. Um, you know, so, you know, Kaylee Green coming in, you know, a lot of caps, you know, and is a more, you know, a senior player, shall we say, um, you know, uh, Josie, you know, um, uh, Rihanna Roberts, all of them, they've all got so many caps. They're experienced players, but they are of a certain age now. So I do think they relied on discipline. I think they relied on 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 the fact that they, you know, they've they've got that experience between them. I yes, I think if they are going to want to compete in the next set of games and and more than just hold their own and stuff, they're going to have to sort of develop that attacking threat a bit more, um, which could leave them a bit more vulnerable at the back. But I, again, I just thought the back, you know, the back four and the goalkeeper were were solid. They knew, you know, they only had those two moments where they were, you know, particularly. Uh, at, uh, you know, at blame where I think you know there was a, there was a good through ball, broke the you know split the defense. You know, this there was a moment of quality that that eventually ultimately undid them. And I just think you know, okay, you hold your hand up when that happens, but for the bulk of the game, I think they held their own. So I I think if you're looking ahead to, to any of the you know whether it's the uh, Nations League or um, if you're, you're talking about qualifiers for the next uh, major tournament, um, that's got to be a confidence booster. Wrexham AFC unveiled a new sleeve sponsor for this season, technology firm HP Inc., not the source brand does, just let's get that straight right away, will be the club's global technology partner, delivering devices and services to help the recently promoted Welsh football team succeed on and off the pitch. Technology. Connectivity. Computery. Toner, probably. Bionic legs. Wireframe. Data. Data. Robo-sheep. Robo-sheep with laser eyes. IT. AFC. HP. OMG. HP technology will be used throughout the club and across back office functions, as well as to improve the fan experience. In addition, HP aims to go beyond the pitch and have a meaningful impact in the local community. This aligns with HP's mission to become the world's most sustainable technology company. HP has a worldwide net worth of over $30 billion and employs 58,000 people around the world. Jamie, another high-earning, well-known brand to add to United Airlines, Vistaprint, Betty Buzz, Four Walls Whiskey, Stoke Cold Brew Coffee, Aviation American Gin, and Evo Williams Trailers. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a... It was a bit out of left field, wasn't it? I don't think anyone expected it. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's 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 a crazy, isn't it? I mean, those list of sponsors that you've just mentioned there, you know, to think that they're all connected with, with Wrexham is, is crazy. Um, uh, it can, you know, more, more, more money, isn't it? More, more money uh, that, that, that you hope can only be a good thing. Um, I just hope that the HP will have a, an influence on... Um, the uh, the card machines at the kiosks because they're they're pretty crap and uh, the better phone signal would be good. Well, no, I was going to say, have they left any room on the shirt for the club badge? Because it sounds like <laughs> with all these sponsors, you've literally got no room left. 
Well, Wrexham have also released their long-awaited away and third kits this week for the new season. The white Macron away shirt features a dark green stripe down the centre with red stripes either side and the sponsor's logo in blue across the chest. As with all three shirts, there is an embossed Wrexham on the reverse and a Welsh dragon on the nape. The back of the shirt sponsor Vistaprint also features on the retail kit, while the playing kit will also feature the HP logo on the sleeve. The black third shirt, meanwhile, features a red trim on the sleeves and rear of the shirt and a pattern on the front inspired by Wrexham and North Wales's coal mining history. The shirt also boasts a button-up collar design featuring red Macron decals and the United logo in white on the front. Both shirts are available for pre-order online only. The club has reviewed the website following the home shirt release and the capacity has been increased to cope with demand. Although, looking at social media today, that doesn't seem to be working. Supporters are are reminded not to press refresh when attempting to purchase the shirts to avoid ending up with multiple charges. I think they're talking to you, Jamie, on that one. Shirts... Shirts are limited to two shirts per order in line with the new policy in store and the club will be monitoring those who attempt to make multiple orders. Pre-ordering does not guarantee earlier delivery. It only guarantees your purchase of the shirt. Season ticket holders will receive their pre-orders first with others available for delivery in due course as soon as stock arrives from the supplier. Due to the expected volume of orders and anticipated delivery dates, this could take a number of weeks. With the release on sale of the new goalkeeper shirts this week as well, this now completes the replica kit releases for this season. Jamie, you've received your first team shirt this week. Congratulations. What are your first thoughts of that shirt and these two new shirts? Uh, So my thoughts on the home one, I really like it. Um, You know, when it was first released, obviously the first one to be released, uh, the pictures during the rounds and the, 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 the general consensus on sort of social media was quite it was sort of quite a lukewarm uh, response to it. Uh, you know, I saw people saying oh, it's a six or seven out of ten, um, and and I I kind of reserved judgment really. But now I've got it, um, I I really like it. I, I really like it. The 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 dragon um, and the, the the Welsh spelling of Wrexham, the embossments are, are really nice. Um, I like the collar. You know, again quite, quite controversial, but I like the collar. Um, and I, you know, and I, and I like the logo. I, you know, it doesn't to me, you know, to suggest that the fact that it's got United on the front was a reason not to 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 wear it. It's crazy to me, but um, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I listen. You're going to be wearing one soon because we're going to me and Simon are going to put, oh, put yeah. together and get is you. That, get is you that one. Is that hey, the white um, one? The white one. The white, I'll go you, for the white one. Well, okay. mm, right, okay. Well, seeing as how you've mentioned that, so obviously everybody was was anticipating the second, the, you know, the way and the third kit releases, and obviously they came this week. <clears throat> my my initial thoughts, so that the the away one, my my first thought is, wow, I love it. I really like it, except for the logo on the front. Because it's in blue now. I like ultimately... it in blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why I like you're... it. Because I know. Well, yeah, but I know. you support you support Liverpool, therefore you're weird. So we'll just leave it. There. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but it's the fact the fact that it's United. I it because it's in blue. It doesn't make the same association that it's like any other United we could talk about. Ultimately, I I understand why it's in blue because obviously the the blue is United's. United Airlines is their official colour palette. So I think they've obviously done a deal with the club to say, look, you, you can 
on one of these kits, we have to have our logo as as it is recognised around the world, which is understandable. They're a huge global corporation. So I get that. It's just a little bit disappointing aesthetically that it's not uh, red, I would have said, or, or, or green. But to be honest with you, the more I looked at pictures of that away kit, I'm not overly keen on it, if I'm honest. Um, I don't like, as well as the colour of the, 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 the sponsor, I don't like the fact that the sponsor and the it is so high up the, the shirt um I, again it's just a personal a personal thing I, i'm sure some people will love it um i i but the more i've looked at it personally i'm not overly keen on it um and, and i won't you know I'm, it's probably i won't get one of the away ones um the third kit i mean the third kit overall is beautiful you know the black kit we, we all we've been dying to see the black kit um Again, for for me personally, my initial comments were I I would have loved a, a proper blackout kit. I would have loved to have seen a proper blackout kit. Um, and of the kit we've we've ended up with, I I would have again personal preference. I would have preferred it to have been all black rather than the pattern on the front. But I I, I love the shirt and, and and black one for me is 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 um is really nice. But for 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 me, the order in which I like them is without seeing the black one in the flesh. Within the flesh, for me, it's red black white at the moment well all, th- all three of the kits will be used during the american tour over the next few weeks so you will get a chance to see all three kits in anger does uh, i know we discussed it last week but prices are a big talking point amongst the fans at the moment i mean a full goalkeeping kit for kids will set you back 90 pounds and while the club talk about community i mean are Wrexham sending mixed messages here well, how much of that is within their control? I just don't know because, you know, these manufacturers, they're, they're, it's the same price for all shirts, isn't it? I don't know of many clubs that are, have got them much cheaper, surely. I I just think it's the cost of a shirt. I think if you do see your research, there are a number of clubs higher up the league tables that, are, that do do, uh, particularly child's kits, a lot cheaper. No, I was just going to say, I wasn't sure if you were going to pull this plaster off or whether you were going to roll this into what I'm guessing is going to be an next question about uh, tickets and things. But um, yeah, the, 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 this, the whole pricing thing ha- has been an ingredient this week in what has been quite a volatile cake. Um, some of the things, obviously, it's not gone down well at all. As I think you've hit the nail on the head with what you just said a minute ago. You, 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 you mentioned the word community and the community spirit and keeping connected to the community. And I think it like, ties in a little bit with what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. I, I, I'm I'm absolutely not uh, against change and progression and generating revenue and maximising your revenue streams. Absolutely not. I'm all for all of that because I honestly believe that this is not somebody or people looking to make shed loads of money. I believe this is the club looking to maximise its revenue streams with a view then of using that money to facilitate our growth over the next few years whether that's stadium development whether that's training facilities whether that's players or all of the above so i I don't have a huge problem with it what i have got a problem with and i kind of mentioned it a little bit last week is it's the speed in which we've seen these increases we've 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 gone the, the the rates at which things have increased whether it's tickets or kit pricing has gone very high very quick everything has gone up all everything season tickets memberships shirts even stadium tours we're talking about stadium tours and now they're yeah. charging for it they're charging for obviously your online pass but now they're charging for commentary i mean are, yeah. are they just being greedy or is this part of a bigger plan to get us ready 
to start heading up to the big, huge, money-burning furnaces that are the, the Championship and the Premiership? I think the answer to the question, I think, is it's a bit of both. I think they are, like I said a minute ago, I think they are trying to maximise every possible revenue stream they can, they can whilst there is so many eyes and so much attention on, on it. And I totally understand that. And unlike uh, any other business, you know, any business that's, 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 that's going in any industry, the, the goal is to make money. That's what every business is trying to do, or the vast majority of businesses trying to do. And, and, and I, yes, Rexham are trying to make money, but I, I, I firmly believe, and I guess I could be wrong, but I firmly believe the club is trying to make as much money as possible, like I said, to facilitate what is to come over the next few years. So I haven't got a huge issue with it going gradually. All these things together, and this is what's caused, I think, the the uh, the sort of volatility is because it's so much so fast, um, and and that's what I think has caused caused the problem. Um, you know, but like you said, that ninety pound for for a child's goalkeeper kit is ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous, and and that does it, whether it's intentional or not, it, it does stink of um capitalizing on or taking advantage of that situation because i think the club are not you know the, the club are not stupid they know that there's probably going to be more interest in the goalkeepers kit this year than there has been for a long time because we've got ben foster does do Wrexham have to be really careful how they tread here because there is lots of positive vibes around Wrexham at the moment but if they start to push on this button or this lever a little bit too hard that could start to become a lot of negative vibes quite quickly couldn't it uh yeah i mean you're already hearing it there from 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 jamie you know that that it's it's the, you you don't want to continually build up a resentment within your fan base about the uh the the intentions of your owners i think i think it's fairly clear to say that you will see this money and this money will go back into the club i think that's one thing that is safe to say so i i understand and james very very rightly and correctly said there that you know you have to invest you have to be able to generate this income to be able to invest and as much as they're wealthy people they're not going to subsidize completely this project without some reassurances and those reassurances are coming from investments coming from sponsorships coming from you know whatever deals that they you know. so i get that and that's savvy business so it feels that you you as a as a business are safe and secure and 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 that's reassuring because there are plenty of clubs who have seen you know lots of money spent very quickly and then are suffering for it in the long term so i do think that's some reassurances there what you're both correctly alluding to is that this does sound a little bit at the expense of the local fan who's been going year on year during the hard times as well. And so whether that uh, that was intentional or an oversight, sorry, not intentional, done knowingly that that, that that was part of the risk that they had to take to generate the income that's one way of looking at it did they accidentally not even think to you know like did they just follow a crowd and go well this is what we think we need to be spending and they've misread it they've misjudged it uh maybe but i do think that they're more astute than that so i do think there's probably a decision made somewhere within at board level within the management and they've they've elected that this is a route they have to go down if they need to generate the income that the club 
wants to spend, the club wants to invest, they will want to get some new players, they will want to maintain the wage bill that you're going to generate. And if promotion within a couple more years again is on the cards, that has got to be something that is a byproduct of that of that of that process. But it does begin to sound like it's going to be the the expense of the local and long term fan, you know, and um, and that's hard to hear. Um, but let's you know, let's see the money come in. Let's see it get spent. If they start performing and they start winning, will the average long term long time fan for oversee that? You know, uh, overlook that? Shall we say? I think I think one thing that the club probably. <laughs> I, th- I don't think, you know, since Rob and Ryan have come in, I don't think they've got an awful lot wrong. I think the one thing possibly at the minute that's missing to, to maintain that whole community connection is there needs to probably be a, a, a better way of communicating with the community. Because I think if 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 there was a little bit more of a of an understanding with for, for, for the local, particularly the local fan base, if there was a bit more of an understanding from the club of, you know, we're doing this because this is our intention and I'm not saying you have to you have to put you know a strict timeline in you know we're putting the shirts up to this much because we want to sell this many to earn this much money because on this date we're going to start doing this you know it doesn't have to be that that rigid but just a little bit of of um, a little bit of communication I think to the, with the community with the local more local fan base to to, to give some context to um why these things have are being done, or why the, the club feel that they that they need to do all these things all together? Because I think what's happened and what's caused the problem is that all these things have happened all at the same time. You know, the ticket price is going up, the memberships going up, the shirts going up, da, 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 and all these other things have all all happened at the same time, alongside the club announcing massive sponsor after massive sponsor after massive sponsor on top of the success of the documentary on top of um, uh, Fleur Robinson announcing at a local event a couple of weeks ago that the club's turned over 20 million quid. You know, it's very evident that the club's income stream is huge at the minute. And I think that that's where there's a bit of a problem is, is that the, 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 the fan base can see or get a, get a gist of how much money the club must be bringing in at the moment without any real understanding of what the intention is with that. And I think that's possibly what's causing the problem. Tickets went on sale for the Wales Women's Nations League opener at home versus Denmark on the 26th of September, kickoff at 7.15pm at the Cardiff City Stadium. The campaign will start away to Iceland on Friday the 22nd of September before the home fixture against Denmark five days later. The UEFA Women's Nations League ticket prices are as follows. Adult tickets are £10, adult tickets red wall or group bookings discount £8, junior tickets 16 or under £5 and junior tickets 16 or under with red wall or group bookings £3. A 25% booking fee will be applied for each ticket purchase, previously £2 a ticket. Transaction fees though will no longer be applied to purchases, previously again £2 per transaction. Daz, do you think we'll see another bumper crowd at the CCS for this one? Yeah, I think the momentum is there. I think everybody's, you know, um, the near misses that we've had recently has generated uh, uh, an absolute... uh, I I genuinely think optimism. I do think we've never been this close, getting closer every time. 
and I think everybody's uh, hopeful that the the next camp the, the oh, it's always going to be the next campaign. We've we've been there for many years with the men's game. Um, it's great that the women are now on the verge of it. We just got to see you know if they can make that next step and 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 get the results they need. Jamie, we've just talked about Wrexham's prices and feeling a bit inflated. Ten pound. To go and see a national side, that's good value for money. Yeah, bargain, isn't it? You know, like we talked about before, the 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 quality of of the of the football that's on show is 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 improved massively and is is good is a good watch. So I would say that's cracking value for money. And if you're able to and in the vicinity, get 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 and do it. More news from the club on membership details seem to split the fan base this week. Official 2023-2024 members will have up to three opportunities to purchase tickets for each home game. After the initial priority ticket window and the resale site, when it comes online, a ballot system will now also be in place for an allocation of 150 tickets, allowing UK members the chance to apply to buy a ticket for every home game. When the ballot opens, members will be able to apply for the game they are interested in, pre-assigning each ticket to other UK members in their friends and family network who they wish to attend alongside. Payment details will then be taken at this point. It it will only be open to those members who have not already been assigned a match ticket, i.e. purchased one during the priority window. The ballot will then be closed and all seats will then be randomly allocated until all 150 have been distributed, with successful applicants being automatically charged at this point. Non-winning entries will not be charged. Tickets are allocated as one per member. This includes season ticket holders who cannot apply for extra tickets on top of their season ticket seat. As a result, anybody in the ballot who has already bought a ticket will be discounted from being drawn, including all other applicants in their application. The ballot is only open to members, and a group application that features non-members will not be valid, and therefore will not be considered for the draw. The club will review the rules around the ballot after six games to see if any changes are necessary, as this is a very new approach for everyone. However, at all times, 150 tickets will be allocated to the ballot. In another controversial move, the club confirmed they will be selling all tickets to away league games this season. And season ticket holders will have a priority ticket window for tickets for these away games. An allocation will also be offered to official members to ensure that all have an opportunity to try and buy tickets. Of the available away tickets, 70% will be offered to season ticket holders and 30% to official members. As an example, Sutton United away, 350 tickets will be for season ticket holders, 150 tickets will be for general members. No loyalty scheme or point system, as per some other clubs, has been suggested by Wrexham AFC. Jamie, a ballot added to to the available window, an extra chance this, or is this just a really crappy, gimmicky lottery? Um, crikey, this, I mean, like, like you, you, you said at the start, it divided the fan base sister, didn't it? Um, I mean, Christ, there's, 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 there's an awful lot to say about it. I think what one thing that I would like to just say, and, and this is just sort of my, my kind of opinion, is... I can't wait for the start of the season, so that this football we can talk about again because this week has been <laughs> horrible. Yes, yeah, it's been horrible, hasn't it? Because yeah. it's on top of the pricing thing we were talking about a minute ago, and then this dropped, and the 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 wave of negativity and uh, discontent this caused was was crazy. Now look. We, you know, we live in a free world, and everybody is entitled to, and everybody should be allowed their opinion. 
I totally get it. But some of the things I read this week were awful, shameful, unnecessary, unnecessary, yeah. and completely bang out of order. Yeah, you know, totally. and, and I'm giving my I'm, I'm giving my opinion now, and, and that's all this is, you know. So let's uh, let, let's answer your question first about the ballad. So the ballad, power ballad. ballad. Yeah, power ballot. Ballot. Nice. Ballot. 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 Um, ballot. 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 Um, so, ultimately, given the situation we're in with uh, a shortage of tickets, you know, there's this clearly way more demand than the club can 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 cope with. You know, I think ultimately, whatever they do, whatever is in place, somebody's going to be unhappy. I think Daz made that point last week, and it's a very valid and absolutely bang on point. Whatever you do, you're never going to please everybody. However, you know, there were no additional season tickets for this year because of the amazing take-up of the current ones. Brilliant. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, there's the question marks over the membership and from last week, which we talked about. The, the ballad thing for me, I can only see it as, it, it, it's. A, I think it's a good thing. Yes, it's a massive lottery, but ultimately, if, if it's giving an opportunity for people who haven't got a ticket an, an opportunity to potentially get a ticket, albeit on a on a completely luck basis, then then happy days. Um, so it, it is what it is. The, the bigger issue, I think, is the 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 the, the last little uh, sentence that was on that statement was uh, kind of hidden away, wasn't it? About the away tickets. Um, now, look, my opinion on it is, I honestly think there should be some sort of a loyalty system. You know, um, because I think if if you if you have a fan, if you have supporters who go, you know, who who com- who commit to go to you know a lot of away games, a lot of home games, however many you know, go to a lot of fixtures to support the club, I believe there should be some sort of a point system to reward those people. Um, however, the thing that shocked me this week was was. A massive air of enti- entitlement, dare I say, that that's how it came across, and and I, and I, I don't believe as such. Despite what I've just said about there should be a point system, I, I don't necessarily believe that anybody has got the right to say that they've got more more um, more claim on a ticket than the next person, because for for, for me, you know, if if. I'm not in a position that I can go every week home and away. You know, I try to go to as many home games as I can and, and I try to go to away, game, away games where I can. When I was 19 and I didn't have any commitments, I didn't have any family or children or work commitments, happy days. You know, you spend you spend all your your, your, your wages on, on beer vouchers and watching Wrexham AFC home and away. Brilliant. But not everybody can do that. Um, so I, I think... I think what the club have tried to do is just to try and put as fair a system in po- as, as possible. And I think, you know, the split that they've put in place, you have to also remember things like not every season ticket holder is going to go away every week for, for the reasons I've just said, or because they don't want to or can't afford to or whatever. So there's going to be a proportion that, that are not even going to be looking to go away anyway. Um, You've you've then got um, you've then got the situation where you know not all because you gave the example there for Sutton was it you gave is quite a small so, allocation yeah, so it's only a five hundred allocation yeah but but there there are some a lot bigger grounds in this league than than what we've been used to in the national league so there are going to be 
probably more games where our allocation will be bigger, so there'll be more available. Um, I, I, I just, I, but I totally get, I totally get the, the, um, the, the potential issue that you could have a supporter who goes week in, week out, home and away, who might miss out on the Stockport away or the Tranmere away, the, 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 the ones that we would, that we've all circled in the calendar. Um, because of a lack of a, of a loyalty system. And that's where I think the loyalty system c- comes in. But to, to say that you're more deserving than somebody else, I, I just can't, I, I can't get on board with that personally. And like I say, everyone's entitled to an opinion, 100%. I've got no issue with, with people venting an opinion. But I think there's a line that you've got to be careful you don't cross with some of the things that are said and how you say it. And, and some of what I've seen this week has just been way over that line. Well, Daz, many season ticket holders were not happy about this, as they 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 felt that it was that their loyalty was not being rewarded. Are they entitled to feel aggrieved? I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm I'm quite new to the. To, I mean, I I'm not aware of the 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 conversations you're talking about online. I'm not following the same people as you do, but you know, it, it sounds pretty horrible, and 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 that's not what the game of football is about. And I appreciate that it's it's tense, and that people have you know, but there's there's a right and a wrong way to share that inform you know that that viewpoint, and I do think that absolutely uh, that needs to be looked at. But um, am I right in saying it's only 150 tickets for the ballot for the home yeah. games? It's 150 tickets for the ballot. Yeah, you know. It's not a lot of tickets. It's in the grand scheme of a full stadium. It's not a lot of tickets. So for, for why not make a small number like that available by the luck of the draw? Because at least you do have you know you have a chance. I I, I don't see an issue with it. Um, I think people who have been uh, Jamie, uh, you're right. You know when you were younger, you want you had the time to be able to go. I must admit, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have the money to go. Now I have the money to yeah. go. I don't, don't have, have the time, time yeah. to, to go. You know, so yeah. there's there's going to be a whole bunch of people who 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 would like to go more often. I, I do yeah. feel that you know there are probably many uh, a Wrexham fan who live across the whole of the UK who probably are quite local to a ground who would go. I would definitely go and see Wrexham play if they were playing within 20, 40, 50 miles of me. I can't get back to Wrexham every weekend, but I could get to uh, an insert club, insert club name here that's on the south coast. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> but but um, but you know, you, you you there are people who would like to be part of that opportunity to see their team, who have they've loyally followed, not financially maybe, but they are as valuable a fan as the next person. And I do think that nobody's earned that right. Yes, of course, it's impressive that somebody's got 25 years of of season ticket membership and has been to every game and they've not missed one. You know, that's great. I you know absolutely recognise that achievement, but. That doesn't make you more of a fan than the person who's only ever watched them online, never been to a live game, uh, for just a whole range of reasons. And I just think, you you know, now, on the flip side of that, you do now have a very young, um, sorry, not young, uh, new fan base that has immediately uh, appeared from somewhere. You know, there's a lot of people who are now curious, perhaps, um, about Wrexham because of everything that's come with it. Um, and there are going to be a handful of those fans who are going to maybe get the ticket ahead of somebody who's been born and bred, Wrexham, moved away, but doesn't go and see the games anymore. But at the risk of saying it's only 150 
at the most or a handful of other games. You know, I just feel the numbers are so small. Let let them let them have it. I think a lot of the issue is around. It's more the the, the bigger issue. I think and and the, the the hostility was more aimed at you. It's 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 interesting you mentioned there the the newer fan base because there clearly is a massive newer fan base and that's where a lot of the hostility seemed to be aimed at Absolutely. new and overseas fans. And I think the reason is is because the small mentality of some are thinking they'll be fuming if. Uh, a fan, somebody that's only been supporting the club for the last eighteen months, two years, gets a ticket for Stockport away, and they don't. And 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 this is where I'm saying that I think you know, there there, if there was a loyalty system, if you're in a position that you're supporting home and away, cool, you 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 would get um, rightly get um, reward, maybe not not the right word, but you would rightly get the the recognition for that and get access to a ticket for those premium games. But I think. Um, if you're if you're in in a situation where you can't go away to every every game and home to every game, but there are a few away games you would really like to go to, well, we all would. But what gives you know should that should somebody that's been a fan for twenty five years should they have more of a right to, to be able to go to that game than somebody who's only been supporting for two years? Well, there's a massive argument there, isn't there? There's a mass debate you could have about that. But, <laughs> you know, but, but, but ultimately, that's not for you or for me or for them to say. Mm. You know, the, the fact that that person, however long they've been supporting the club, they are supporting the club. Whatever their reasons are, they're supporting the club. And all these new fans coming along and on board and ultimately helping grow this profile of our club is all contributing to our success. Now, what do we want? Do we want... Do we want to move forward or do we want to go back to the days where we had three and a half thousand fans and you could go and pay on the gate and you could get a ticket to pretty much any away game, but be playing in the National League, have no money, not being able to attract good players, having a cop that's derelict and can't be used, having a stadium that's fallen down and so on and so on and so forth. We can't have it always. And I, And again... I think, yes, by all means, go onto Twitter and say that you're really disappointed that you've missed out on that Stockport away ticket. But don't have a go at somebody that did get one. That's not their fault. I think I think the sad thing for me is is that, that these so-called newer fans, wherever they're from, were getting the blame as if they are the ones who had instigated this problem. At the end of the day, all this is managed by the club. It's managed by Re- yeah. Wrexham AFC. They could put in a system like a lot of other clubs do, which does have loyalty or points, a la, a la the Red Wall does. Uh, does. You know, they could have a system like that, and therefore then everybody would know where they stand. But the club haven't done that. And I find that we, we were talking earlier about you know prices going up. It's all very, very fast. They seem to have been very, very fast with that, with other things which I think should have been absolutely put in place for the start of us coming back to the FL. That's not happened. And I think it's really unfair to have a, a pop at a, a portion of the fan base when it's not nothing to do with them at all. I think the, the most, you, you're right, you're spot on. I think the most worrying thing about what I've seen, the underlying that, uh, current of what I've seen this week is a divide. And, and that is not good. You know, that is not good going forward. You, you know, there shouldn't be a divide, should there? You know, we should all be singing from the same hymn sheet um and 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 you're right ultimately the 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 club you know the club has to take some i'm I'm not condoning 
and saying that the you know that it's acceptable to say some of the things that I've seen this week. But you're right; the club needs to look at it and say, right, how can what can we do to um, make this situation better than it is? And maybe it comes back to what I said before about communication. You know, you know, I don't know. Maybe there needs to be some better communication. I don't know. But there could equally whether or not. You know, the loyalty system, all of those things, maybe that's a little bit more complicated to set up in the short amount of time they've had. And maybe this is a respite, a solution just to get them through the next year. I don't know. Quite possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. You, you, you know, you, 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 you're quite possibly right. I think, the, I think the start of the season will be a make or break because as as indicated earlier if we start off really really well and start winning and we end up towards the top of the league I think all this will be a murmur in the background if the results do not go our way and we start to struggle this cacophony of noise will only get worse and the I think the problems will be bigger do you agree Jamie yeah yeah I yeah I I, I agree it's 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 a it's a concern it's a concern and and uh, like I said at the start I think um Bring on the fifth of August, um, because I think hopefully when there's football being played, then it'll distract uh, a little bit from it all. To be honest with you, but yeah, I, I hope you know. I hope I don't. We don't get a, a persistent repeat of of what's been this week because it's been at times it's been borderline embarrassing to, to be a Wrexham fan. To be honest with you, because it's 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 not in keeping with the uh, with what what the club's about. <laughs> Our next guest on EMC Pod is quickly becoming a mainstay of Welsh language broadcasting, starting as a radio reporter and commentator with BBC Wales before becoming the face of Welsh football on S4C. On BBC Radio Cymru, he has co-presented the Grand Slam sports programme and captained the sports quiz team Canter Cant. He has become a household name presenting on the weekly football programme Scorio since 2010 and has presented Wales international football matches for S4C for as many years. He has presented quiz shows, documentaries, and in 2021, started presenting Joss Frequast on BBC Radio Cymru. So not only is he the Welsh equivalent of Gary Lineker, but Bruce Forsyth, Hugh Edwards, and Tony Blackburn as well. This diehard Wales and Arsenal supporter is the beating heart of Welsh football, and we are delighted to welcome Dylan Ebenezer to the Eat More Chips podcast. Croeso Ebs. Wow, wow. Goodness me. I didn't know there was so much information about me around. Oh, it's loads. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't, take much, it doesn't take much digging either, Ebs, to be honest. Ah, oh, cool. <laughs> it's borderline stalker intro, that is. I know, I know. <laughs> I haven't typed my name into AI uh, uh, chatbots <laughs> and stuff yet, but uh, it'll happen. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Ebs, we go back a long way, so, I mean, that might be a dangerous thing to do, but uh, thinking back to all those years ago when we were in Eskokamarag back in Aberystwyth, did you ever think that uh, that you'd get the career that you would have in Welsh media and that, you know, so recognisable as a name? No, oh my goodness me, no. Uh, I'm still not quite sure how it all happened. I'm not complaining, I'm delighted with how things have turned around. Uh, or turned out, not turned around, but <laughs> I never had much of a plan, just... Went from one thing to another and enjoyed, I got a job at the BBC on radio doing sports bulletins and then got a chance to commentate and then got a chance to present and it just, yeah, it just sort of happened. I enjoyed every aspect of it. Yeah, and did you did you sort of find that each one sort of naturally progressed from the other, or did you go, you know, did you go hunting for any one part of that, or is there a natural progression in, as as a career in in that order? Uh, th- that really natural progression. Yeah, I've never been. Uh, 
a hunter, so to speak. Um, um, but I just, I've enjoyed, as I say, I've enjoyed all of it. I've just been lucky that people, I don't know, have offered me the chance to do something else. And I, it's just, it's been one of those really, really fortunate, pinching myself constantly. And um, yeah, I've never had a plan so that's weird, really. <laughs> there we are. We got there. Yeah. So how did the first? How did that first job come about? What did you do to get that first job? Uh, this is back in the days. We are amazingly twenty five years ago, which is nineteen ninety eight, which surely isn't twenty five years ago, but apparently it is. Um, I got a job at the BBC through. Uh, they still used to advertise in like Golog, a Welsh magazine, or the Western Mail. They wanted somebody to read. Sports bulletins, that was it. You had to send a tape in with your voice, obviously, with your voice. <laughs> Didn't send your voice in. <laughs> Record your voice, reading a bulletin, and I got an interview. I didn't get even get the job. But then on the day, the boss said, do you know what we could do with, they gave job to somebody else, and then he phoned me up and said, do you fancy coming in for three months? We're a bit busy over the next few months. Come in and see what, how it goes. And that was it. It was bizarre. I'd been working, you probably maybe remember, that behind. I, I was a runner with TV companies, I'd been working on a few different uh, productions yeah. with S4C behind the scenes because I, I flunked college, left school, coasted through school, got to university. All my mates were here already, including Daz, but he was well behaved. <laughs> and I just left <laughs> college after, by the end of my first year in college, I was working for a TV company as a runner. So <laughs> I just hated college, loved the TV sort of business, even though, you know, long hours as a runner, but, but I loved it. I just loved it straight away. So that was it, really. It went from there. I mean, you've worked your way, Ebs, through like the system at both BBC and S4C. Who were your kind of, would you say, were your major influences as you were kind of training, as you were learning your craft? As in, presenting-wise, there was a guy who I was sent to a voice coach quite early on, Frank Lincoln. I don't know if you're aware of him, a proper actor, and he has an amazing voice. And I spent two hours in his company. This is really early days reading bulletins, and... You tend to slip into the pattern of what everybody else is doing, and they still do it now. A lot of radio news readers are sort of a, a da, 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 da. they don't talk naturally. Mm-hmm. And Frank Lincoln just tore me to shreds in two hours, got me to speak normally to him, and then played. he kept playing this tape of me doing a bulletin back to me and said, you sound fake, you sound ridiculous. And that was amazing. Those two hours, just a switch went off inside me, I think, where I just suddenly realised... I just need to talk, be myself, talk normally, don't, you know, you've got to broadcast, obviously, you've got to be correct yeah. in your language and stuff, but it, it was just amazing. And then, uh, the other, not so much an influence on presenting, but just being a nice guy when you're young and giving you an opportunity was Ian Gwynne Hughes, to be honest, because he was there, he was a commentator, and he was so helpful with his time, and he'd encourage you. He knew I was a football fan, so it was a good start anyway, because anybody you started in the BBC Sports and the first question you'd get from me was, uh, uh, are you a football fan or a rugby fan? <laughs> <laughs> so we got on straight away, basically. Yeah, he was, he was amazing. he's been amazing. And it's great it's, you know, yeah, nice to see, see we've had, We've done. had IG on the pod and he, oh, he, what a guy. he spoke what a guy. Uh, He spoke very fondly of you off air um, when we were saying that we're trying to get hold of you. He said, oh, well, good, good luck, he's so busy now. I don't think you'll be able to get him, but uh, oh, but there God. you go. But no, he's, he, and he, and, uh, he's still, he's, what, he, what he's forgotten about football isn't worth knowing, isn't it? He, he's yeah. like a, he's like a walking football encyclopedia, isn't he? It's unbelievable. Um, I've been 
in his company so so often and so lucky and he'll just mention something and everything goes back to football because um, his family I don't know if he got into his family history his, uh, his grandfather is one of the most iconic characters in Welsh history you know Lewis Valentine he was part of the of forming Plaid Cymru wow and, no we didn't were, talk about that oh well they were Penna Beth the, uh, the, the protest oh. back in uh, so does Lewis DJ Williams Lewis oh. Valentine did the first I don't know protest for the Welsh language they, they uh, burnt the um, RAF proposed RAF base up in uh, North Wales <laughs> and so his, his grandfather's iconic so you ask him about his grandfather and he'll, and he'll speak about him and then he'll go thing is he was mates with so and so who played on the wing for Colwyn Bay now he came from Chester he was part of the Chester forward line in the 50s there's five of them they all scored over 20 goals each one season and he came to Colwyn Bay and he was the manager and it's like what I know I know I mean when I when I when I interviewed him when we I, I did a lot of research around his kind of commentary and his kind of top commentaries that he's done and I I I looked into it fairly deeply and then when I came to interview him, there was so much stuff missing from what I'd actually my research wow. because he said, yeah. oh, there's, oh, don't forget this. So there was this in 1969 when this, and this person who then did this to this and, and he was part of, and like you say, he would then rattle off yeah, this kind yeah. of starting 11 from 50, 60 years ago. And you're going, yeah. I don't even remember Amazing. what I did yesterday. I wonder I remember if you asking remember. Him when he went, I think I asked him once what his memories of games, uh, first big game, because he used to go to, as a lot of people did, you know, North Wales, you'd go to, Liverpool, Everton, Old Trafford, and the, and he said, "Oh, I remember seeing Liverpool. Uh, they just lost the FA Cup final against Arsenal in '71, and they did double. Keegan had just signed, so Keegan, we played so and so. We won three two. Tommy Smith penalty, eighty fifth minute. And he going like, ah, wow, amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Funny. Obviously, Ebs, you've been, you've done some f- cracking commentaries uh, in your time. Do you have a favourite commentary that you've been part oh, of? Oh, wow." Um, Rather than think about it for ages and get it wrong, I remember when Bangor City won the league at home to the New Saints on Farrow Roads, which has long since disappeared, yeah. unfortunately. Bangor won the league. I was commentating live on S4C, and I think they scored with... See, I'm not, I'm not even good news. I think they scored with about 15 minutes to go. There was thousands there, which is doesn't happen that often no, in, no. The, in the Welsh yeah. Prem, the Cymru Prem, yeah. but the, it does have its moments, and that was... Just off the top of my head, that was one of the biggies. My first commentary, I remember when I got a job with Scoria, it was all a bit vague. I got one of those phone calls, lovely phone calls, sort of offering me, do you want a coffee? Do you want to talk? Interested in working for Scoria? I was like, yes, please. And I thought I was going there to present. But then after a few weeks, I realised, oh, they want me to be the commentators. (laughs) And I did Wales away in Montenegro. I think it was one of Tosh's last games. Mm. And I I was stood there going... I haven't commentated that much, to be honest. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. <laughs> that was interesting. Well, to, to, to be fair, I've, I've got a question to ask you here that my production team, <coughs> Simon, has, uh, has written for me. But uh, it's a stupid question in my book, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, Daz mentioned in your intro there that you're a lifelong Arsenal fan, season ticket holder. The question is, why Arsenal and not the mighty Abba Town? Ah, question. There is a question. Um, I've never been a season ticket holder. I should just say, I wish I, I wish I oh. was. I'd love to be. Um, it started with my dad, who has uh, influenced so many aspects of my life, from football to music to my job, probably. Um, yeah. They, when he was young in the fifties, the team that went, the Welsh team that went to the World Cup in fifty eight, and a bit before that, they had a few Arsenal players in them. 
in the in the team. Hmm. So Arsenal had Jack Kelsey, as Ray Daniels a full back, one of my dad's all time favourite players. Mel Charles went to Arsenal. That's it. Hmm. A few Welshman played for Arsenal. He got hooked. That was it. And he brainwashed me. <laughs> Just if, if if I could just jump in for a second, only because it's something that's come to me today. Um, this whole thing about Arsenal having to bring back this shirt because they printed it wrong, and they're selling it for £110. Do you think that's right, Ebs, for a £110 football shirt? Uh, I think it's, it's one thing that's been bugging me this summer. Why... Do they? Why do they change their shirts every year? Not just yeah. Arsenal. People are skint. The cost of living crisis. Do you know? I just feel for parents. You know, I've got my two children. They they like Arsenal. My, that might be my fault. And they want the new kits. And of course, you know. And, and I, I'm looking at it. You know, we're comfortable. But I'm looking at it, going, "Oof, that's going to skint me this week." Um, it's just wrong. I think they should be more. They should have more. Awareness of how skint people are. The ticket prices are crazy, Premier League. But the shirt thing, and the shirts are lovely. Last season's kits, gorgeous. I love the black away kit. It's stunning, and it's gone. It's like what? I love that kit. It's yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. It's uh, yeah. I wish they did something. I wish they could um do something. Yeah, but I missed the bit where it went annually because I remember it being a big thing. Then it became you know every you know they lasted two years, but at some point it just clicked. Then it's every year, and you just think, oh, that's just you know that is and three three every year, and um, yeah. yeah, it's wrong. I noticed Abertown had found an old some old stock this week. They were they were flogging I've, off some uh, twenty eighteen yeah, kits. Yeah, yeah, I, ne- I nearly got one. I was looking at it, going, oh yeah, that's a that's a classic. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. What did you make of Arsenal's season last year? Obviously, massive improvement or massive disappointment in the end? Uh, for me, massive improvement. I loved it, to be honest. I know it, they didn't win the league, but they, as somebody said, they were being chased down by the Terminator. But uh, <laughs> they, maybe, maybe they could have. Whatever. Maybe they could have held on. They should have held on. But it's been so... It's not, not disappointing, last few seasons. It's just been... It's been a struggle. And to see the change, and I go down there three or four times a season for the last, well, I've been going all my life, but, you know, last 10 years it's been like three or four times a season, and it's been grim, and the atmosphere has been terrible, and it's been, well, I hate the word toxic, but it's bordering on that. And this season, it's been so much fun, and the fans are singing, and they've got some crazy players, there seems to be a lot of characters there. Whether they win the league, I don't know. But it's so much better. Keeping the manager is the key thing, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's, he's, he's all right. He's funny. I like his quirks. Um, yeah. He's been with Pep, obviously. It's, it's just it's unbelievable. For those that have been over the last few years, and the change is staggering. Yeah, maybe they, yeah, they should have held on and won the league, and they threw it away, and they've still got this edge to them where you can see when the pressure mounts they're going to collapse <laughs> probably it's going to go wrong they're going to bobs it up but um, it genuinely is it's just been fun it's been a lot of fun I'd love to see them obviously next season kick on but um, so far it's great obviously you've presented uh, all kinds of matches domestic and international matches um, you, you know for over a period of time now what what, what would you say has been your, your highlight of your career so far um, oh, is Saying Euro 2016 boring. Nope. Everybody says that. No, nope. no, no. I think I can't. No. I still. I pictures pop up. I still can't believe we were there and I was there in the middle of it. Honestly, we were so privileged. It was bizarre because it, it kind of football rights are such a competitive market. The fact that they're on S4C, 
It's just incredible, yeah, really. And this week again, uh, they've announced a new deal with That's Viaplay, right. yeah. and Scot- yeah. Scottish fans couldn't. Most of them couldn't watch their team this week. The Welsh fans would have preferred to swap places with them, probably. <laughs> but uh, the Welsh language helps a lot. Not that I understand what goes on behind closed doors, but I know that it's a massive factor when they go to these companies, to Sky and Viaplay. They don't see them as a threat, and um, they see it as a positive thing. But obviously, with because obviously we cover Wrexham as well, and because of the high profile of Wrexham, lots of people in America have been following Wrexham. And then yeah. by osmosis... They're, they're now going, oh, well, there's no Wrexham matches. Let's watch a Wales match. And I was messaged so much last week by see people saying, what's this S4C? Am I able to get S4C in Alabama? Or am I able to get S4C in whatever? And I'm saying, well, I'm sure there's a way. And you'd be surprised how Whoa. many people in the States were watching you, even though you were, you know, it was in the Welsh language, because they were saying, Do you know what? The language doesn't matter. In fact, I enjoy it because I'm starting to pick up words. That's and incredible. That's no amazing. A football yeah. is basically spreading the word of Welsh, which is yeah, yeah, that, that, that is incredible. And um, the thing I know I'm jumping, but the thing with um, the I'm a, I'm a cynic, so it took me a while to watch. Uh, this is uh, welcome to Wrexham. Uh, not that long, but I left it go a few weeks. And the episode where they give you a potted history of Wales and the language, I was really in tears. Just can't believe it. The uh, the impact that has is just staggering. And it's funny that it's taken somebody. You know, an American and a Canadian to come here and show us or remind us <laughs> what's great. And it's fascinating. It's, you get so much, uh, oh, you constantly, you feel sometimes you're just constantly justifying yourself for broadcasting in Welsh. I mean, we get some stick and stuff. I'm the same, I'd watch football and I wouldn't care less. If it meant watching Wales or watching Arsenal, for instance, if I couldn't get an Arsenal, I'd watch any feeds. Don't care what the language was, I just want to see the game. <laughs> So, but yeah. I, the question about the highlight, Euro 2016, just again, we knew we were present, we'd pr- done the qualifiers, but we were never sure if the games are going to be live, if all of them are going to be live, if some of them are going to be live, because it was on BBC, would they bother letting SOC do it? And suddenly everything happens and we were there and we were the only people in the grounds with the studio because most people had a central hub away from it all and they'd send reporters. We were in Bordeaux. <laughs> in Toulouse, in Paris, and everywhere in the st- in, in the grounds, and it was just uh, and of course it all it all escalated. Bumped into Daz a few times. That was nice. <laughs> Absolutely, probably in the gutter if I know Daz. To be honest, yeah, eating oysters in Dinard, if I remember correctly, Daz or chips. Anyway, maybe not oysters. I, I, I can't remember. I, yes, I think uh, Nick Nick had the oysters. I think you and I were on pizzas. I think. Oh, I remember oysters <laughs> somewhere. That'd be Nick Farry. The com- yeah, Nick Farry. That was that. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I suppose I, I was going to ask really about people like Nick and stuff. I mean, who who is the are the favourite sort of who who have you over the years sort of co-presented with or co you know like pundits or the people that have been around you, whether it's in studio or in a commentary box. Who have who's your favourite? Who have you sort of connected with? You know, who do you think you've got a sort of a good working relationship with? Yeah, they're all great. And the thing with Wales setup, the Welsh players, they're so down to earth. I don't know if it's a Welsh thing. But the players have been great. And um, oh, as a team, you know, Malcolm Allen's just a legend. He's just an idiot. But he's, he's amazing. He's got some stories. You should have a chat I with him. About, about, yeah, oh, we'd like to get him on, to be honest. Goodness but, me. Because I bet but, he is. But he's got and Nick's just, Nick's amazing company. Do you know, he's just, a, he's like a Renaissance man. I can imagine him in the court of Henry VIII or something. He's, he's a high court <laughs> judge, for God's sake. He spends his life, you know, yeah. intense job. He's got such an, and the football is a release for him. So to spend time in his company is just a joy. 
he does like to pick some expensive wines. That's the only hassle. But as, 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 I said, as I discovered yeah, in France, yes. I, I, stick, to, I stick to the go. pizza and the beers when that happens. It was classic sort of, do you want to go halves on a bottle? Yeah, yeah, you pick. Yeah. Oh my God, no. I think I probably oh. pay more on that half a bottle than I did for the rest of the trip. Yeah, bad idea. But um, what's, what's amazing is as well, you know, that recently people like Gwen and Harris coming in and you know, Scotty have been great with, it's, I don't want to sound patronising, but getting more girls and women involved. I think, not that it was happening, but Scoria did it earlier because we haven't got that many former players. So to have somebody like Gwen and Kath Morgan and these guys, they're, they're just brilliant. So it sort of happened totally naturally. And I can't imagine presenting... It looks weird now if there's no if Gwenan isn't there or there's mm. a girl yeah. isn't there. It's all well, we, we interviewed and her last week and she was absolutely brilliant. And she did say oh, in oh. her interview to stand around you was something to behold. She said it was incredible. It was, yeah. It's a shame she because she wasn't with us in Euro 2016, and that that is a shame. But it's amazing she's been with us in the in the last Euros on the World Cup. And Gwenan's absolutely amazing. She's one of the best pundits. What's interesting is when you spend time with former footballers, it's kind of shatters your illusion or shatters your, I don't know, whatever you thought of football, you realise, you know, some of them, there are some players where, mm, yeah. like, well, a hero of mine, Tony Adams, played for one club, but for a lot of them, it is a job. So, <laughs> they they like their clubs, they they got a fondness for their former clubs. And it's also, um, I've noticed, because, you know, you go yeah. through, sometimes I work for a company, sometimes you're freelance. They're like freelancers. Footballers are freelancers. It's, it's brutal. And, um, so you cannot question them. You can look too deep into some subjects, and they'll say, "Yeah, but they're not thinking that much. Yeah. They're just doing a job." From the it's fascinating. It's fast. You can analyze it too much. That's what I'm trying to say. We get so deep sometimes into analyzing stuff and stats and stuff, and they're they're just like, "Yeah, well, we lost because they scored. They scored from their one chance, and we missed three. And you're going, "Oh yeah, okay. It's as simple as that." <laughs> Yeah, but but ultimately, like you, they're they're fans first, and 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 I love the footage of when they show clips of yourself, you know, when you're watching the game. So it's the bits that you know in between the uh, the, the 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 studio bits, and you're jumping around when a goal goes in, or uh, um, or when Malcolm, you can hear him screaming oh, in the background yeah, when a goal when a goal goes in, and or you can't believe something, and his all decorum not... goes out of yes. the window, doesn't it? And all that professionalism, it's like he's you've gone back to the same as the rest of us. It's brilliant. It is a bit. Um, it, I, I often wonder um, how we'd react if Gary Lineker and co sort of behaved like we do. Because, <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, you're watching on SVC in the Welsh language, you kind of, you know what's coming. <laughs> I had a row once, Finland, remember the campaign, Euro, two, Euro 2004 campaign, we started away in Finland uh, and suddenly, watching Wales, you know, suddenly there's like two thousand away fans there. There's some optimism came from nowhere, and they won two nil. And uh, I was in the press box, slightly worse for wear. Shelby, not not <laughs> from the night before. I should hasten to add, I was doing radio, presenting, not even commentating, thankfully. So and um, Simon Davis or Hatson, one of the goals. Mm-hmm. I just went nuts, and one of the bosses said, reminded me that we were there to work, not to. Uh, 
not as fans. <laughs> but that's that's the hard bit, though. You know, you do get to you know that you 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 have privilege to have to, the opportunity to be in the stadium, to be at the ground, especially like the World Cup and all these places where you know you you, you have this privilege. But yeah, it, it is paid for, and you've got to go there and do a job. But but it's a, you know it's a brilliant combination to be able to do. You know, oh, it's it's fab. It's funny. There's um. It kind of helps. What's weird I've noticed over the years as well. It 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 helps with the disappointment when it's bad. You kind of you've got a job to do, and um, the final whistle goes, and you've just got to right gather your thoughts and go right. I've got to finish this program, so I've got twenty minutes left of this program. I'll worry about the result later, and yeah. you kind of you get it. You don't get out your system because it's horrible when it goes wrong, but um, you switch. I remember presenting radio. Uh, this camp lawn on Roger Kenry when um, Rooney scored his first goal against uh, for Everton against Arsenal. Arsenal were on a massive unbeaten run, and um, Roger Kenry still do send com- commentators to big games in in the Premier League. And um, I was sat in the studio having to present this live show, and uh, Rooney scored <laughs> in the ninetieth minute. Seventeen year old, I think the forty game unbeaten run came to an end, and the game fell, and they're coming straight back to studio, and he sat there kind of going. Filming. <laughs> oh well, what a story! And you got to, you got to think of the story. And the story is seventeen-year-old Rooney, this wonder kid, has just done what people thought he might do, given a chance. So you can't think I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm gutted. You've just got to concentrate on the story. Him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking of the Wales results and when they're not going well, um, we've had to do that a bit more recent, a bit more recently. I suppose. Yeah. So having started uh, Wales, starting the twenty-four campaign pretty badly with a with only the one win which was a narrow win and then a draw last gasp and then two you know one one particularly awful defeat the second i thought there was some spirit but but you know you talked about you know having to go to to the studio afterwards and i watched you gallantly sort of uh deal with that um <laughs> what were your assessments of the games first and then I'm, and then i've got a, a particular question i want to ask you about uh, uh about one of your panelists on the <laughs> night. So, uh, so so tell me what you think about the campaign so far yeah um i think we've been poor for a while which you can't deny that so i think I've, you know, i'm not i'm no mystic I'm not, not you know i'm no expert to say that they've been poor for a while i was trying to think when did they last play well and oh, not play well, but win convincingly. I think it was that Belarus win when Bale got his hundredth yeah. cap. Yeah, and that's going Definitely. back. Is that twenty twenty one November twenty twenty one? Yeah, that's yeah. going yeah. back a bit. It's definitely been over a year. Or yeah, something. and they've been they've been average, and but there've been so many caveats to it all. The playoff, the um, the fact we had to play Ukraine later than everybody else, and the Nations League was basically you know they ditched that. So yeah. there's all sorts of things. There's excuses, definitely, and I've got sympathy for Robert Page. But I've also some games, and the um, you know Armenia game is is one of those. I think we've been so poor. Oh, it was poor mm-hmm. reacting. Iran. A friend of mine who's a reporter, I won't name him, claims <laughs> that um, Iran in itself should have been a sackable offence. He's still <laughs> haunted, and I think Armenia was so poor and. Oh, they just. I think this yeah. team. There's more in this team than we're seeing. I'd love to see a top class. We'll never will see a top class coach like an Arteta or a Pep get hold of them because we'll never afford people. People and nobody. Yeah. But I'd love to see what they could do with this team because I think there's there's something there. 
Yeah, but it's lacking leadership. I mean, I know we all love Ramsey and you you more than most because of his connection to Arsenal, but he's he's a great captain in terms of inspiration, but is is he the leader because we don't have an Ashley, we don't have a voice on the on the pitch that seems to be galvanizing them and and, and it feels that's where we you know we we you you kind of begin I think isn't it Yeah possibly I think everybody was surprised I, I was expecting Ben Davis Ben to be Davis yeah. I think it was probably to make sure that Ramsey stayed around and didn't retire I don't know I don't know what what conversations these guys have had but it kind of makes sense he, he probably was I know he was so he's spoken himself how low he was after the World Cup I think he could have easily retired I'm glad he is still there but oh my God you got to Every time they pick him, like in a deep role, my heart sinks because even yeah. though he's young and fit, he hated playing in that position. Yeah, you just but uh, I just think they could get the best. They still he's still got enough to offer. Yeah, but not in a midfield where he has to run around and stuff. It's it's just they lost a bit. Who would you put? Would you would you risk a bit more youth in the midfield then? That's the thing. It's easy to complain. I don't know what they do. I think they've just got... I, I'm convinced. I was speaking to somebody the other day. I think we should treat, approach every game as if we're playing Argentina or Belgium. I play <laughs> five at the back, two holding midfielders, and just sit back and do nothing for a while and see what happens. I know you got people say, God, you need to be more entertaining and more ambitious. But where we are right now, we just need to sit there and maybe do nothing for 20 minutes and try and nick a goal and see yeah. what he gets us. Scotland do it, and I, I think they've they've done so well recently. Mm. But I was listening to the commentary, um, uh, the recent game on Five Live, which oh wait, no way, that's it. And Pat Nevin was yeah. saying, "You watch, they'll do nothing for twenty minutes." And he said, "Stevie Clark's teams, they'll just assess the situation, they'll let Norway get excited, and then twenty minutes, and it, it happened. Twenty minutes in, suddenly." Robertson and Tini go on their first attack. For, for 20 minutes, they did nothing. Hmm. They just sat there hmm. and just waited to see what the opposition had to offer. I think we need to... I thought there was a similar tactic to that. When, uh, our first part of the game against Turkey, to be honest, I thought there was a structure and, uh, and an organisation um, that seemed to think that they were doing perhaps that tactic. But then, obviously, decisions went against us. Yeah, I think we need to... We do that away. It's weird. I think we need to play at home as we're playing away, just for now, just to get through this period until we're more confident and we're stronger yeah. maybe some younger players have come through I don't think there's nothing wrong with that at all yeah. the moment we turn up at Cardiff and start playing four at the back and trying to be ambitious it kind of goes oh hang on <laughs> we're yeah. not ready for it yeah. be boring just get me to Germany I'll never forgive them if we don't get to Germany <laughs> well I mean that's uh, that's the, the the point I'm just going to go back to the bit where you were talking about who will we get to manage now this is the thing I wanted to credit you with because I was sat at home watching you talking to John Hartson which you do many times but to have Oshan uh, <laughs> Oshan Roberts in the, in, in the in the studio and you asked the question I wanted to hear the answer to now he <laughs> he was very diplomatic in his response fair play but but what was that like asking him, you know, having read the clearly the social media that I'd been reading, you'd obviously just read, would he take the role on if it was offered to him? What what was what was that moment for? Because I just I just oh, I loved it. It was quite exciting to be honest. Yeah. I, I knew I just you know, you can't waste the opportunity if Oshan I you know I'm no hard hitting presenter, I'm no Paxman. Um I, I I love interviewing people and I love in a role with news. So you learn you know, you, you need to cut to the chase sometimes. I just knew, he was, Oshan was sat there. I decided before the game, if we lose, I'm going to have to ask him. 
if we win, I probably won't go there. But um, yeah. yeah, and it was just one of those. I know because I'm like all the fans on Twitter asking why can't we get Oshan back. So I thought I'd just ask him. It's interesting. I'm sure he'd love he'd give he'd love to have another crack at it. The issue is, I guess he's now linked with Vieira, I suppose. Yeah. And um, he did. So you know, I think they were harshly treated with Palace, and but he's sampled that he's been a coach in the Premier League and. If Vieira gets offered another job, I'm sure he will. I'm guessing. Well, it sounds like Oshan's always going to be part of his plans. But I'd love to see him have another crack at Wales. I'd yeah, because it was kind of quite an unfortunate sort of brief tenure when he took over immediately after, obviously, Speedo. And, and yeah. a really challenging situation to be in. But clearly, what he's done at Morocco and the way that Morocco's footballing setup now is... It clearly evident in the World Cup recently that whatever wherever he's gone, he's achieved so much. So we know he's got so much potential to. Oh yeah, the guy's a you know, he's a clever guy, and I know people like Vieira. They don't, they don't take you to the Premier League if you if you don't know what you're doing. I think with with the world setup, it took a. I'm sure the players at first were like, Who, "Who's this guy?" When Gary Speed brought him in, but. That's what footballers do. They kind of suss you out. But I think I, the impression I get is footballers give people a chance and they obviously give Oshin a chance and they loved Coleman. It worked. His coaching methods are brilliant, apparently. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if if he'd be the manager but I, and I don't know if he'd want to come back if he wasn't the manager. But I'd love to see him in there with like, I don't know, A. Bellamy or even somebody like Gunter. Yeah, but Robert Page is still in the job, as everybody reminds me. And I, I was accused of uh, showing disrespect to Robert Page by asking that question. Whether oh my God, everybody else was asking it, but no. if Page went or if something changed, I'd love it's to a bit unfair. That is, it's cool journalism. You're there as a journalist. You're not there as a mouthpiece. You're there. As yeah, a, no, you totally. You don't work for the FAW. You are a journalist. No, and you are asking, no, totally. You are representing us as the viewers. So you did absolutely the right thing. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad I did. I'd have been, I'd have been gutted if I'd have uh, walked away and not asked him the question. Do you know, if if something happens and Robert Page isn't there and they're looking round, I'd love to see them just try and get Oshan back in. If, even if it's if they can you imagine the phone call come in? Sorry, just let me close the door there. Sorry, my dog's about to bark. Sorry. <laughs> I'd love to see them just even that. Look, sure, fancy coming into the end of the campaign. Even if he could come in, if he was with Vieira at a club, they've been linked with all sorts of jobs. And to guide a young coach like, I don't know, Gunter, maybe. The, I'm just picking a name, but somebody like Bellamy, um, Matty Jones is doing well with the under-21s. I don't know. Somebody somebody like that with Oshan next to him. That'd be, uh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, think, do you think Wales will qualify for Germany? Ooh. Um, as it stands, no, unfortunately. Um, being... Brutally honest for the last few games, but we're not playing till September, and it's just this playoff thing. It's so weird. Yeah, it's, it's looking guaranteed. It's more or less guaranteed they'll have a playoff. Estonia, if you if you read it into read into it, it looks like Estonia in March next year. It's amazing how people can predict these things. There's some great uh, um, accounts to follow online, and they just they bang on. They predict it, and um, it sounds like we're playing Estonia on the twenty fourth of March in Cardiff. <laughs> That's very specific. Well, but then there's another round, and that's the problem. I could see us beating Estonia, but maybe not after the way we played just now. But then the, there's another round like we had for yeah, the World Cup, and yeah. there's there's people like Norway maybe lining up. And I wouldn't like to see Chris Meppham against Erling Haaland, I've got to be honest. Wow. 
Although it would be it would be entertaining for somebody. Yeah. yeah, particularly the amount of red cards we get in the minute, it'll probably end up in a big yes. fight. You know? I know, I know. Um, obviously, you know, we you know we've been talking a lot about the men. Uh, what are your views on the women's team, the Wales women's team at the moment, and the, and the kind of levels uh, the levels that they're now producing? Yeah, uh, there's so much to be positive about. I'm gutted they haven't qualified for anything because yeah. I think they've had a few. Um, Really, really good opportunities, and that's going to hurt. But the the change is just absolutely mind blowing, and um, the crowds. My, my kids have been we've been watching them for a while, and they love going down to watch the the girls play, the women play, and the the that campaign where they played England in the last game in uh, Newport. in Newport, Newport and Rodney yeah. parades. That's what kicked it off for our family. It's absolutely loved it, and at that point. They did well to get to that stage. The last two campaigns, they should have qualified, to be fair. But it's just brilliant. And as a comment, I've commented on a few games. And Joff, again, a few years ago, you were so enthusiastic and they were trying so hard. But the standard wasn't brilliant. And that's just being totally honest. Now, I noticed in that campaign when they ended up against England, everything had changed. Players like Angara James, the first touch was better, the pace was quicker. It was just, it just this massive shift happened. And you know the the history of the women's game is just it's scandalous, really, that they haven't been given a, a fair crack of the whip. But now you're seeing what can happen. It's catching up so quickly. The crowds are mad. You know, even women's sport in general, just people have just. It feels like that switch has gone off again. The Ashes were on this week. You know, they're selling out Wembley. The the lionesses and stuff. Mm. It's just it's brilliant to see. With all, so if you take all that, obviously what's happening with the men at the moment across all the ages, you know, under 17, under 19, under 21s, obviously great result for the 21s this week, two all against go away at Denmark, which is brilliant. What the women are doing at all their levels and the kind of the domestic Welsh side, ignoring the the uh, the rebels and the exiles who are off in the English Football League. What do you think is, the, would you say, is the state of Welsh football at the moment? Do you think it's strong and it's beating or, or it needs, it's a bit of, needs some tender loving care? I don't know. That's a good. That's a hell of a question. Um, it is strong. It's much stronger. It's getting better. I like that. You know, they've cottoned onto the grassroots that they need to fund pitches across Wales. And there's a massive issue with the women's game where, you know, if you want more women playing, you need more facilities, and we need better changing rooms because, you know, the women, the girls won't change when the boys changing rooms. You know, we need to double everything. I was listening to somebody the other day saying. Look at you, wherever you live, look at the pitches. We need to double it because 50% of the population haven't been given the same chance as the other 50%. So there's a lot going on to be really positive about. I think there's much more, because I follow the domestic league with Scorio, that's a disappointment where, again, there's so much going on and it gets better, but it could be so much better again domestically. So there's a, the league's a gem, the little setup, mm. the Cumbria North, Cumbria South. I think there's just there isn't the same momentum on that side of things. There's a lot of people working hard, but there there's not many of them. Do you know they're yeah, having to yeah. put in a hell of a shift to, to get it going. And the volunteers are on the. I don't know how these clubs keep going. The, the volunteers are doing amazing work. Mm. But it's it's brilliant. There's so much going on, and it's so it's so much better than it was. But you just get the impression there's more. There's so much potential kind of thing. But the last few years have been mad. But it come, the thing is, everything that's happened comes from what the men's team have done. I feel you know, people talk about the red wall and the bucket hats and the atmosphere. Yeah, it is amazing. And they've done so well to 
uh, take advantage of the opportunity. But it's because we've reached two Euros and a World Cup. So it's hopefully the, the, the top for the pyramid won't start uh, dipping, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, and we don't want any more seasons where Aberystwyth are struggling to stay up. So, uh, you know, so that's, that's 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 my benchmark. So that's uh, um, so um, Ebs, if if uh, if I could give you the one last challenge uh, before we let you go, is um, we we like to ask all our guests to, to come up with uh, uh, a a five-a-side team. Um, if you were to pick an all-time Wales five-a-side team. Uh, who would you have in it and why? Okay, well, uh, <laughs> most people have never heard of this guy, but Daz has. Kadugan Thomas, Doogie T. He's from school. He does the best volleys. The best uh, volleys I've ever seen in my life. And he had a perm before anybody else had a perm. He did. No, he did. Um, the five aside, I'll just go five favourite players for Wales. So I mean, there's only one Neville Southall. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. love that guy. I'm going to think. So my favourites were Nev. I'm obsessed with Aaron Ramsey. Oh, Joe Allen is just something something to behold. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to pick Gareth Bale because that's bizarre, but I'm just going to pick people I've been obsessed with. I was obsessed with Mark Hughes and his thighs. <laughs> I was at the race course. When he scored his first goal, the um, the 1-0 against England, I was there on his debut. I was there when he scored that goal against Spain. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go with players I've been obsessed with. And in that case, the other one's Kevin Ratcliffe, because I was, I was in love with Kevin Ratcliffe. What a defender. Uh, I've left out some absolute legends. Yes. Yeah. I've gone top of my head, players I was obsessed with. And there they are. Well, that's not, that's not a... I haven't got a strike. Oh, yeah, that's a cracking five-a-side team. Fair play. Who was it? Play. Nev, yeah, Nev, Rats, Joe Allen, Ramsey... And Mark Hughes, there you go, that's the one. Perfect. Yeah, very Perfect. good, very good. Well, Evs, <laughs> it's been brilliant. So, hey, thanks, thanks, mate, for coming in. Thank and, you. Uh, and, and chatting on the pod, mate. It's, we, you know, and, the, um, uh, the banner is the best thing, one of the best things I've seen in a football game. Oh, Eat thanks, more man. chips. <laughs> it's true, we need to keep up. We, we can't let salad win. No. It can't happen. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, brilliant, and we look forward to seeing you on our screens and uh, and hearing you every morning in our kitchens. But uh, hopefully, we'll get you back on soon, and maybe with some more positive results, uh, we can we can have a brilliant. different kind of conversation about the Welsh team in a in a few weeks months' time, mate. Definitely, we'll be looking forward to Germany by then. Maybe. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you. And there we go. Another Eat More Chips podcast gone. The official podcast of one of the greatest Welsh football supporters flags ever seen. Steering us away from the rocks and towards the calm waters of football chatter, as always, has been our hearty crew. Rear Admiral Daz. Thank you very much. I'm off now to watch uh, Who Do You Think You Are? Because apparently Wrexham get a mention in that as well. And Seaman Jamie. Yuck, 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 yuck. Jesus Christ. Yes, see you later. <laughs> if you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe, and leave a comment, as we really like to hear what you have to say. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at TweetMoreChips, Threads, search Eat More Chips Podcast, or drop us an email, eatmorechipspodcast, or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips Podcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips Podcast group. You can leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. And if you have anything particularly you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to drop us a line because we always like to hear from you. 
I have been Chief Cook and Bottle Washer Welsh Techie, and until next time, come on Cymru, and come on the town. <laughs>